you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in today on She's All Over the Place. I am super thrilled, excited, a bit nervous to tell you the truth. Like I have all these nerves inside. I have the one and only amazing Rob Greenlee on today. And so if you're a podcaster, interested in podcasting, listening to podcasting, wanting to know about the podcasting world, well, you've come to the right episode and we have a lot more goodies to share with you. So Rob is the VP of Partnerships and Content at Libsyn. Can you believe that? Libsyn now has 75,000 podcasts hosts on their platform. In addition, Rob is the chairperson for the Podcast Academy. Can you believe this? The Podcast Academy. Yo, people, there's a Podcast Academy. It was created about a year ago. We're going to dive into that today. Okay, but instead of me just talking, rambling away, let's introduce and have Rob on. Rob, thank you so much for joining me. You are awesome. It's great to be here, Katie. Thanks for the invite to join you on your podcast. Yes, yes, definitely. My pleasure, my pleasure. Wow. So, okay, you have a podcast for about 10 years now. It's called The New Media Show, and Mm -hmm. you have... um, um, a co-host, Todd Cochran, and you guys do that together. It's everything podcasting. So if anyone wants to know about tech, podcasting, um, things of this nature, everyone should check out the new media show, subscribe there, log on, binge and get into it. I know that's what I'm going to be doing over um, the next few weeks myself. So yeah, take it away. How is it being the VP of brand partnerships at Lipson? It's fun. I, am, I enjoy, I've been in podcasting for 16 years. 16 plus years now. So uh, this is just a, you know, a stop on my journey over the last 16 years of um, working to help podcasters to podcast. And really at the end of the day, that's, that's what I've done my whole career. I've worked at places like Microsoft and Podcast One and Spreaker, which turned into VoxNest, which recently sold to iHeartRadio, um, helping podcasters and being an evangelist for the medium and, and doing podcasts like this, Katie, um, you know, talking about the medium and, and getting to know more um people out there that have an interest in this medium and being a resource to them. So that's that's what I do. And I work with the big companies. Um, Spotify, I was involved with Spotify and Pandora very early in their um, journey into podcasting and, and work with Google. And like I said, I used to work for Microsoft in podcasting as well. Uh, so, you know, I've really scanned or spanned the spectrum, right? Working for the biggest companies in this medium down to working with individual podcasters. So, and I've been a longtime podcaster myself. I had a six-year radio show that turned into a podcast back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had a variety of my own shows and I just uh, enjoy the medium and I especially enjoy the people of the medium. Um, they're very creative, energetic, fun people to be around and it's energized my career and my my life and it's really transformed my life. Um, you know, I didn't start out in this. I started out in the grocery food marketing business. So that's why I, how I started my career in, out of college. 16 years later, I'm, I'm all into audio and doing more video. Where did you go to college and- and what was your degree? I uh, went to college at Pacific Lutheran University, uh, and that's up in the Seattle area, um, and got a degree in uh, Bachelor in Business Administration and a concentration in marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. So my orientation towards everything I do is marketing and slash sales. I, I don't think of sales like I used to think when I came out of college, um, where you're just out there trying to uh, hawk a product and you know, you, you, know, you say just about 
about anything that you need to say to get the sale. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's not my philosophy anymore. My philosophy is more solving problems for people. Uh, And that's how you drive sales these days and building relationships and trust. Love that. I love that. And it's all through the voice and the authenticity of what people say and being accountable of their words and then their action and then hearing their soul and connecting on that sort of level with without even seeing the person in in face-to-face in live form. You can just do it Mm -hmm. like how we are right now on a podcast and just building that trustworthy relationship. Yeah. And it's all about scale too. So if you can do uh, media, just like what I did with radio in the early days is that you can scale your message, scale your brand, scale your reputation across large numbers of people in a fairly efficient method. And that's kind of what podcasting is, is it's an efficient method of sharing a marketing message or a relationship message uh, and trust, build trust with large groups of people very rapidly uh, and potentially has the potential to improve people's lives uh, and change people's lives. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again over the 16 years of just helping people get off the ground with being a content creator online and how that's transformed their their lives. And their lives generally have been much better for it. Yeah. I wanted to start my podcast six years ago and I didn't know how. Rob, I mm-hmm. wish I would have known you six <laughs> years ago. I would have been like bigger than Joe Rogan by now. Yes, seriously. you would have been for sure. Katie. Uh, hello. And then it's like, <laughs> Serious, but it's like, I wish I would. So the people who get to know you now, that one day they're going to, or hopefully now they'll just be in such deep gratitude. And then they'll look back and be like, oh my God, this is the moment I met Rob and I found out about Rob. And it's like, seriously, but six years ago, like I wanted to do this and I didn't know how to get on the train track. And just because I'm literally all over the place involved in so many different things, Mm -hmm. the through line of step two, step three, step four, you know, for a lot of human beings, there's so much noise and distractions. It's hard to, even though you want to do it, but what you just said is so, imperative because I'm a voice that loves to share and talk a lot and inspire people and mm-hmm. for to take massive action. And so I've like put my energy here, put my energy there. I put my energy in so many different places, like literally and spread myself so thin. But if I would have had the podcast as my platform, it's like if someone would ask me, I could be like, oh, here's the link. Listen to this episode or like, here, let me enrich you by doing this. But it's a way to really pay it forward. And it lives mm-hmm. on. It totally lives on. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's such a big, impactful thing thing if you want to have a voice and share with people. And I I mean, I'm getting chills because this can happen all around the world. And obviously it takes the the faith, the passion, the mission statement. If you have a lot to share with people, it's not for everyone, but you know, Mm -hmm. there's different pockets and different niches. So um, diving kind of right in, what are some of the popular trends and niches you think are, or that you see that are very popular in the podcasting space? Well, I think that they're, the niches that are important are really um, the niches that are important to the creator. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think any uh, niche uh, or niche, uh, however you want to yeah. say it, yeah. um, has its value. And because mm-hmm. there's other people out there that are going to have the same passion and interest. So uh, I think there are differences in um, niches and, and niches from a scale perspective. How many people out there have a passion for, let's say, um, audiobooks or for doing a certain you know hobby or something like that? I think there's a certain limitation there that exists. Um, but generally, you know, 
know, identifying what your passion, what gets you excited to talk about, what's your expertise, what do you know the best, right? And focusing on that is really where your opportunity is. And, and I think at the end of the day, podcasters need to be fairly selfish. Um, they need to think about what drives them and makes them motivated to create content um, and focus on that. And what you'll find is that other people that will have a common affinity to that will gravitate towards you. If you've done a good job of marketing yourself, getting out there, um, being seen, being a leader, being a thought leader, you know, helping people, I think those people will be magnetically attracted to you. And this is a little bit of what's happening around the whole live phenomenon of people doing live shows, live videos, live whatever, is that they're they're connecting people at various levels of interest, right? And, and the power of a podcaster is to network people together and to connect with people and share value and share connections with others. And I think you're starting to see that happen um, a lot more um, as more people have gotten online because of this COVID mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And then in podcast movement, which was a 10 day conference we both mm -hmm. participated in, it was told in a forum that there's 1.5 million podcasts and 1 million of them are inactive. So there's only 500,000 right. podcasts. And out of the 500,000 podcasts, if you have 150 downloads per episode, you're doing you're in the 50% category of popular podcasts. Right, right. That's true. That, that's yeah. true. And and if you've been podcasting for any period of time, you, you will have done what they call pod fade, which means you start a podcast, you do it for a while, and you change your mind about doing it, or life gets in the way, or you don't like doing it anymore, you ran out of things to talk about, and <laughs> a lot of people will just stop podcasting. Those episodes will still stay in Apple Podcasts or whatever and be part of that 1.5 million, uh, and they'll move on and start a new podcast, or they'll drop podcasting altogether, and those those episodes will still live on. So, right. you know, there's a constant churn of content creators in this medium, and, and that's healthy for the medium that gets, you know, the people that are creating new content are, are, are the ones that have the energy and the passion to keep it going. Right. Right. And those are the focal points, the, the archive episodes that are out there and the other million that you were talking about. Some of those have great value too. And some of them mm -hmm. are, um, if they have some evergreen value is mm -hmm. a common term for it. People will still keep listening to those. They'll binge listen or yeah. whatever those archives. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then other stuff will just fade away and no, Nobody listens to it anymore. So, and that's healthy for this space. I mean, just think about how many blogs there are out there, you know, compared to how many podcasts. There's only a half million active podcasts, but there's right. like 20 million blogs out there. So we're still early in the podcasting medium. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So this one podcast I found, cause I'm into Kundalini yoga. Kundalini <laughs> is a rising, um, the energy, right. From dense energy. So if you're out drinking or something, which I'm not a big drinker, yeah. but then your energy is really low and dense, or if you're around people who are speaking low vibrations and you're not in a positive circle, it's like negative vibes, very low, but to be high vibes and so excited, like this conversation, you know, it's the mm -hmm. Kundalini. We're raising the energy. We're uplifting others. We're inspiring right. others. So I just right. typed in Kundalini. I mean, this was probably like six months ago, but I just typed in Kundalini and this person hasn't posted in like three years, but I was, it was evergreen. So I was able just to listen to their short 15 mm -hmm. minute episodes and just lie there and just be inspired and cool to know that's there. And it served me for the purpose for that moment, which was really cool. I didn't subscribe 
subscribe or anything, but I was just like, I just kind of like took a mental note of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fascinating kind of contrast, especially when I think of you and what I've seen you do as well as that you're a, a high energy fast burner yourself. But the fact that you're focused on, you know, these kind of, um, you know, um, self-reflective kind of calming kind of yoga type experience, it's an interesting contrast with, with you. That must be how you cope with the ability to live in a fast burning lifestyle. Yeah, the balance, being able to go high and, and get back to the balance. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So moving right along here, you were the one that told me that pre-COVID there was X amount of podcasts per month, but during COVID, and then there was like mm-hmm. a little spike of the listenership because everyone was finding their new patterns and, the, right. and then the listenership like kind of went up because people were finding their new routines. But mm-hmm. during COVID, there was a spike in how many podcasts per month? What was that number again? Well, for a couple of months, I, I, I believe it was, um, uh, I think it was March, April, and May, the podcasting space grew about 100,000 new shows each month. Um, oh prior to that, and this was this past year, but prior to that, we, we had been growing like maybe 25,000 a month. Yeah. So you can kind of see where it kind of quadrupled in the amount of growth of new shows, right? This is new series shows, not new episodes. And I would imagine that a big percentage of those were kind of kick the tires, kind of starting up a show that maybe aren't still active anymore. There's a certain amount of churn that happens, right? Where people start and then they don't continue, right? They maybe create a couple of episodes or whatever. So I think we had a a bunch of people come in and kick the tires on podcasting and some of them stuck around, I'm sure. But now we've seen the numbers kind of drop off again back to more normal levels, right? Got the it. 20, 20 to 25,000 new shows across the industry every month. Yeah. Um, so, and that's that's normal. And then listenership actually went down a little bit for a while when we were going through the COVID because people were not in their cars as much. They were not on the train. They were not on the bus. They were not on, um, they were just not moving around as much. So they were more at home and it just took a little time for people to readjust their schedules and their patterns to get back into normal. So we saw a drop in listeners for a couple months. Not everybody saw a drop, but many shows saw a drop. It depends on what the genre was. If there yeah. was a podcast about COVID, it probably was doing okay because people yeah. were interested in that, right? Or like wanting to know the, the news yeah. and the pulse of yeah. like inside information from neuroscientists and Correct. doctors and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Things that are kind of timely to what's impacting people's lives right then is what people were interested in, right? And that's not you know unreasonable to think that that would happen. But I think over time, we've kind of normalized a little bit and the listenerships have across many genres have started to go back up again. So that's a positive trend line, right? Yeah, well, I was also thinking because like of all the quote unquote years now of like fake news and people not believing what's on TV and it being censored, it's like they probably found podcasting as an outlet and a source to get some authenticity of things that the normal commercial networks weren't going to tell us. Right. It's it's more... I would say it's a little bit more user-generated content. So, you know, I think you're seeing those patterns happen in YouTube and uh, in other online um, kind of platforms too, where people are expressing themselves and creating their own shows and and um, trying to share information with people that uh, I think people, you know, maybe trust a little bit more. Um, and whether or not that's justified in trusting, um, that is a whole other question. But I believe that that's kind of the trend that we're seeing right now is that um, mm-hmm. a lot of the social Social media stuff and a lot of the mainstream media stuff doesn't have as much trust as it used to. Um, and yeah, 
part of the reason why I think podcasting and people doing live shows on YouTube and doing live shows on, on lots of different platforms now are where people are starting to spend more of their time. Yeah, to break the barriers, to create the new, and also like, quote unquote, that thing that created and happened, uh, the cancel culture thing. It's like, oh my right. God, you know what I mean? Right. And then that takes me to the next thing of like, uh, you know, I own my own IP, IP address. Do you own your own IP address? Uh, I do not own my own IP address, but I do own my own domain name. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I own my own IP address. And mm -hmm. so like now, um, you know, in podcast movement, they were saying a lot of celebrities are getting involved in podcasting and they're mm -hmm. getting all these followers and they're getting all these like deals with Spotify or whoever. But mm -hmm. it's like sometimes it could be inauthentic because they're not keeping it real. Like you like the whole thing about podcasting, the raw format kind of like stand up comedy. Right. They, it's its own breed and podcasting. It's its own breed. So it, it'll yeah. always, I think, live that way of that rawness of being able to say what you want, put mm -hmm. ads on, put ads off, speak to ads that actually align to the purpose of your brand right. instead of like selling out to, you know, whoever and, mm -hmm. and doing certain logistics. So like, uh, how do you feel yeah. about those kind of things? Well, I think that there has been an impact of um, companies uh, with their terms of service, right? You look at Facebook or Twitter, or you look at uh, even some of the podcast listening platforms, they, they do have terms of service that they have legally put out there as what they adhere to around content standards um, and what they allow or don't allow on their platforms. Uh, and I do believe that we've seen some pressure there um, with so, some of those terms of service being challenged by some of the content creators. And then you look at Facebook and Twitter uh, feeling like they have to fact check things, right? There's a lot of claims that oh, they're yeah. getting called to be accountable for on both sides of the political spectrum um, that in some ways they really can't kind of win because if they, right. if they censor something, Thing, it's always going right. to be against one side or the other, and they're going to take criticism on either side. So, um, so what we've seen is that crackdown. Um, content creators have wanted to own their own IP, just like what you were just saying, and that allows them to be persistent online without being um, controlled or cancel culture, like you said, from these big platforms. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting situations that happened is when Joe Rogan kind of, and he's in the middle of it right now, he went from Lipson right. um, over to Spotify, right? Yeah, I heard um, about that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his episodes that he created on Lipson, um, the Spotify told him he couldn't pass over to spot, you know, to Spotify mm -hmm. because they were, right. they were um, on topics that were against the terms of service that right. Spotify has. Right. So, you know, and now, you know, I think recently Joe Rogan has had on some controversial guests again, and, and it's just caused a little bit of an internal turmoil at the company as well on this topic. And, you know, employees don't like, you know, the topics that yep. he has on his show. And yep. so, but a lot of the Spotify people that are subscribers like those topics. And a lot of people in the uh, open internet like those topics too. And the fact that he went behind a, you know, on a exclusive deal yep. uh, with Spotify is going to cause him somewhat to be, uh, I hate to say it, but censored to some degree. I mean, yeah. he's not going to be able to say anything he wants to say. Right. But if but if he was on a open RSS feed, he could maintain that independence. Uh, I'm sure he might be taken down from listening platforms, but he would still be able to keep doing his show. And I, I think in some ways, maybe he's a little bit, he's paying a price because he uh, 
he took the money from the man, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a brushstroke, I just heard, like, blatantly, like, obviously, the money, you take the money and you run, or but the, the money wasn't worth it for the price you have to pay of not being authentic and talk about the cool things that you can talk about. I remember I, I saw one of his podcast episodes. Oh, my God, it was about this guy who, like, went to Africa when he was 18. And they it was a four-hour one, and it was on YouTube, so I even watched it. And right. literally, they were talking about, like, how these biochemists go, and they get the fecal matter of these um this rare african tribe because they're like supermodels and they're ripped but it's like what are they eating you know so it's like to, to bring back to i mean it was just it was just extraordinary the whole ever, everything they were talking about and i mean they're even like crying and he's about so many different things and and when it was just like it was it was really intense but um yeah so he started up doing a uh, stand-up too and he has his podcast and it's doing really well and then you know he's one of the ones that sold to spotify that that's his choice. And depending on his deal, I would assume it's an exclusive deal because you would think he would think, oh, I have an X amount of year deal. I don't know what the deal is, but Mm -hmm. just do that, ride that out and then just create a new podcast. You know what I mean? Just like start from scratch and do your own thing. But who knows? You never know. He might be heading out. He might be doing another, you know, stand up or new chapters with his yeah. life or just retiring. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We can't say, but. Well, it's similar to what um, Mr. Howard Stern did uh, in the early days when he left um, syndicated radio to go over to XM satellite radio network. So, mm-hmm. um, or Sirius. Um, is, Sirius, is, yeah. Yeah, is where he jumped over to. And, you know, he had he had problems on syndicated radio because he was being censored, right? Uh, and there was a lot of things that he wanted to talk about on his radio show that the FCC didn't like, right? So um, so he went over to Sirius because Sirius didn't wasn't going to censor him as much. So, you know, content creators have always had this tension between um, what they can do and what they can't do and who's who's trying to hold them back, right? And podcasting is, has kind of broken, you know, broke that mold. Uh, to some degree, but uh, you know, censorship still comes into podcasting. Just, uh, it depends on how you strategize your distribution strategy to be less vulnerable to it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So I'm really thinking, so there's the different ones, right? There's Anchor, Podbean, uh, mm-hmm. there's Libsyn, um, yeah. like how many, and then your friend Todd Cochran has one. Mm-hmm. It's, Blueberry, um, right. It's called yeah. Blueberry? Yep. Spelled with a U, but it's blueberry. Okay. B L U B R R Y. Right. Yeah. So it's a misspelling. <laughs> how do you how do you know which one to go with? Like if someone's like, oh my God, I want to do a podcast and they're doing some research or they're overwhelmed or maybe they, they have ADHD and they can't read all this stuff and it's overwhelming for them. But like, what do you, what, how would you direct someone to make the best choice? What's the best choice for them depending on who they are, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it is a complex problem to solve and come up with an answer. Um, a lot of people just look at a couple and they just decide to go with one, right? They keep it simple. Um, but if you are going to do analysis on it, what I usually recommend to people is that they really look at what they want to do, right? With their show, uh, at least to get started with. Most podcasters, when they start, when they put their plan together to launch a show, they think they're going to do something, but um, the first couple months or whatever, it's going to change, right? But just kind of get a basic idea of what you want to do with your show and then look 
at those elements that you need to be able to do that show, right? And then um, go out and look for technology solutions. And this process applies to the equipment you need, the hosting that you need, um, and the marketing that you need for your show too. So I tend to not just look at it from a hosting platform perspective. I, I try and look at it from a little bit bigger picture of what you're trying to do with your show because each of these platforms, uh, the ones that you just mentioned, all have their strengths and mm-hmm. what they do well, what they don't do well, what their cost structures are for doing certain things. And you need to be able to have some sort of an idea of what you want to accomplish when you start shopping, right? And mm-hmm. and you start looking at each of these shows and compare that to what you want to do with your podcast. Yeah. And 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 pick the one that's the best price for that's the best value for you based on what you're trying to accomplish, right? And then yeah. also factor into it the next layer is is reputation and recommendation mm-hmm. of prior people that have used that platform. Um, and, you know, those are important things too. And also kind of a last piece is how long have they been around? Is it a platform that you can trust that's going to be around? Because if you look at the the duration, there are 16 plus years of podcasting. We've had a lot of podcast hosts come and go, come and go, right? Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they start up, they're all cool. They're saying we're the next thing. And then a year later, they turn off the lights right. yeah. <laughs> and they go away, right? So yeah. So you kind of have to weigh the balance between who you trust, who's going to be around, who's got the most reliable platform, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then who's, which platform is catering to the needs that I have of what I want to do with my show. So who do you think are the top three from all the ones that could be out there? Well, I think that um, the basic ones have been good choices for, you know, uh, Lipson has been around the longest. It Mm -hmm. was the original podcast hosting platform that basically pioneered this whole medium. So it it was the first uh, back in 2004. Okay. So that's when it's... What does Lipson stand for? Liberated Syndication, which is... The founders of the company back in 2004 were were three guys that were kind of rebels that came out of the Napster movement, you know, the early file sharing days of MP3s mm-hmm. around music. And so they were they were looking to just like Napster was to kind of stick it to the man, right? The, the the big dollar guys out there, the corporations or whatever you want to call it. They were looking to break the model that was out there, the stranglehold on control, right, of this medium. And the internet was kind of like it was breaking molds all over the place, you know, um, driving companies out of business. Newspapers were struggling. The the music industry was struggling. So podcasting started out of that, right? And then social media started up right after podcasting started too and kind of took a lot of the, the attention away from podcasting. But that's how it started and um, mm-hmm. and has really been the driver, I think, of the industry over the 16 years of its life. Um, and and so in each of the, the platforms, you know, Podbean, Blueberry, those are probably the ones that have been around the, the longest and has probably have the most stable infrastructure and the most stable platform. I know a lot of people were on SoundCloud, but I'm not necessarily recommending SoundCloud anymore. They don't really, SoundCloud doesn't really care about podcasters anymore. So, and they haven't for probably a good five years now. So, um, I, I would shy away from SoundCloud. There has been new platforms come up like Anchor that were free podcasting platforms, but I caution people against free too, because um, if you're not paying for a professional service, you're paying for it with something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just like with Facebook, right? Um, yeah. Or these other platforms that are free. You are paying for it, but in ways that maybe you don't know that you are. So. Right. 
Um, and that's always something that you have to weigh against, you know, is it worth paying $10 a month to get something that you know is solid versus paying nothing and you're not really sure if this is really the right tool for you. So definitely. Um, yeah. So it's really important. You probably talk about that on your new media show podcast too. So, right. and people can dive deep into those episodes and just do some research and do some reading and just, you know, mm-hmm. block out maybe like two or three hours just to research, you know, some of the ones that we've mentioned yeah. that you've talked about. So like there's people like me who are venturing into the ad space where I've had, I've independently got sponsors, which has been really cool. And some of it's been for trade or, and then building repetition with, with those clients, you know, right. one at a time building, building them out, say, Hey, I'm in season two right now. Boom. And then putting people on for season three and then mm-hmm. building it out that way. And then also um, there's also companies out there who already have ads and they're even within the the hosting platforms where they have ads and you can have them automatically be in there or you can manually select them, whether it's going to be in pre-roll, mid-roll or at the end, decide, hey, does this align with my brand? And so making, so it's not just like, oh, I'm going to have a podcast and here we go and let me get some technical equipment. I mean, there's like you said, the bigger picture and people have to really like, before they're like, oh, I want to do a podcast and you just do it because it's great. Like Gary V, Sean Cannell, Mm -hmm. They're just like, just not, the imposter syndrome, just get started. Right. Just like, don't let, don't have everything like perfectionist yeah. syndrome yeah, and don't, don't do it. But know that there's like so many elements to mm-hmm. podcasting. Well, know? it's like anything. It's like trying to start a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, there's, it's not a bad idea to, to walk before you run in, in this area as well. And that's, what's great about podcasting. You can start for very low risk, right? You, there's, I mean, you can get plans. You can start for free too. Some of these platforms and other ones, like even even Ellipson, you can start for five dollars a month, right? So it's not a huge risk mm-hmm. to get started. Yeah. Uh, where where some businesses, or actually most businesses, actually, if you think of your podcast as a business, is a little bit riskier, right? Because you have to invest in in um, getting business licenses, and you have to get organizations with the IRS and things like that, and that can cost a little bit more money. Um, but you know, it's, starting a podcast doesn't have to be a business. It can just be something that you start, you um, play around with it, see what you like to do. The good thing about starting a podcast is that when you start, there's typically nobody listening. So you can... You can play around with it. You can have fun with it. You can figure out what is comfortable for you to do. And guess what happens? The better you get, the bigger your audience grows. And that's that's typically true. Ooh, um, yeah. And so, so getting into podcasting doesn't have to be something that you fear um, quite as much as I think a lot of people maybe worry about. Thank you. And then um, on the podcast movement, they were saying start a Patreon before you even start your podcast. And <laughs> I've known about Patreon for years and I just was so hesitant because being an artist it's like oh my god like like support me give me money it's like such a, like a thing like uh, uh it was a difficult thing for me to be like hey support me like give me money like let me do right. a, a crowdfunding thing now i'm like i'm emotionally detached from all that bull crap so <laughs> i'm in, in a whole new area now but i did i actually created um yeah. even i was looking at a email from may and my girlfriend's like hey this would be really good for you and i just responded to her because I, I shared with you too i'm like hey i actually just got a patreon account and i did and i've 
zero followers. I just started it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have a new uh, Patreon account and I just set up three simple tiers and I'm going to get more detail, but I wanted it just to get it up and get it going. I, you know, and I'm going to put more time right. into it and see what it's all about. But I mean, that's a part of it too, having a Patreon so people could support your podcasting mm-hmm. and what you do. Because right. I mean, if you're a self-made billionaire or you come from a family who, you know, will just invest in yourself or you have the money to invest in yourself, you know, um, and that's the best thing. And that's the one of the things I would really like to say is like the the best investment you'll ever make is on yourself. Before I used to being a producer and I've produced films in the past and learned about producing, I would always do the Hollywood talk and go around the world and I would be around the multi-billionaires who had the money and they don't give the money. And then Mm -hmm. there's the multi-millionaires who like dabble in with their crystal and they're, they're on the yachts and they're talking. And then there's the talkers, talkers, talkers who have no money at all. It's just fluff and buff and gas. So it's like you've seen ever and then you've seen like the diehard raw artists like who are like they're so talented but it's like if they just had like someone to help invest you know to have mm-hmm. the investment and it's like you just have to find that balance we were talking about earlier right. of like you know being able to fuel your own fire and have it doesn't have to be multi-billions of dollars or gazillions with mm-hmm. the macro but just having some money saved up and just invest those small bits into things and getting on certain platforms you know, to start your podcast, to do the Patreon, to get the support, even if it's what Amanda Palmer, she is a success story with Patreon. And she did Mm -hmm. a tier where it's like people were just giving a dollar, you know, so there's to the ones that that pay higher. So it's a new thing. And it's a it's it's building blocks and you test things and you see what works for you and what what doesn't work for you. Do you have a Patreon? I do not. I don't, I don't really podcast to make uh, money directly from the podcast because mm-hmm. I'm on a salary and my job is to promote podcasting. So I don't necessarily, um, I'm not out there trying to drive income for myself directly from doing any particular podcast. So that keeps me kind of neutral in people's eyes uh, where I can be seen as someone that wants to be helpful, not yeah. taking advantage. Because yes. um, I am Monetize. in kind of a, a, a position in the industry that... Um, really it's important for me to maintain that level of separation from monetary direct monetary benefit so love that um, love yeah. that it's yeah. so great it's so great because it just unhooks from all those other stigmas that people mm-hmm. just don't want to deal with and I'm trust sure you it's don't all about wanna... trust this yeah. is this is a trust medium mm-hmm. and i can't really say that um strongly enough is that um that's the foundation and that was driven into me in the early days of this medium that this it's a trust relationship with your audience and trust relationship also involves podcasters. Trust relationships involves working with media companies. It, it involves all sorts of levels. And that's part of how sales have changed mm-hmm. over, over the years too, mm-hmm. is that there's so many charlatans out there that are trying to sell you the next shiny thing that to have somebody actually care about you and drive you in the right direction. It's like when I talk to a new podcaster, I don't immediately start talking about, you have to be on Lipson. I want to find out what they want to do with their podcast. And if I have to point them to Spreaker or to some other platform that's better for them, Mm-hmm. That's the right thing to do because over the long term, they will they will appreciate that and they'll likely come back to me at some point. It happens every every week. Love <laughs> that, that. That I get people pointed down the path of solving what they want to do and then yeah. eventually they will come back. Wow. They'll only come back and I only want them back as if what I'm doing will solve like their next step that they have and what they need, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the kind of sales and relationships that I'm trying to build 
skill in the medium. Not trying. You're doing it. Yeah. You are a boss man rock star in the podcasting world. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to help people at the end of the day. Thank yeah. you. I, I really appreciate those words. That yeah. really means a lot. Yeah, thanks. So the next thing I want to talk about is marketing. Where, mm-hmm. What are some um, top platforms you think and to go on and best ways to market uh, one's podcast? Well, I think, uh, you know, if the really the foundation of this is you as the podcaster is the foundation to marketing your podcast. Um, I think you need to focus on building your reputation. People love to follow people. Podcasts, uh, topics and podcasts are really, at least my experience is that people follow podcasts because they like the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So marketing starts inside. Mm. And when you work with various platforms, all you're doing is you're extending your reputation and your brand to that platform. And so from a marketing perspective, at the end of the day, you are driving expertise. You are driving value based on your contribution to whatever topic that is. There's a variety of ways that you can get that out to the world. And that's um, doing like what I'm doing, you know, uh, being available to people. I've always given my phone number out freely. I've always given my email address out freely. I don't hide. I'm accessible on all the social platforms, all the LinkedIn's and the Facebook. I will respond. And that's just, that's just who I am. So fundamentally, that's what we're, that's the foundation of the marketing, right? The, the next level is what you do with the topics that you talk about, right? Mm-hmm. To get you indexed in Google and get you found in, you know, Apple podcasts and a train that's going by right now. Sorry. Um, okay. And we're full on the train right now. We are on the train going <laughs> ding, ding, that's just 100 like, miles an hour, right? So people right. are gaining so much value from this podcast right now. Yeah, Seriously, yeah, this is the, amazing. That's, that's what I like to hear. So yeah, um, me too. Yeah. So driving your message of what your expertise is and all the social platforms um, as much as you can, focus on building trust, building relationships with people and, um, and focus on top topics that you care about and that you think also other people will care about. Cause chances are, if you care about it, there's going to be other people out there that are going to care about it too. Yeah. So, yeah. but you can be a little bit, you know, strategic about it too. You can look at areas of things that are happening in the, um, in the bigger world and focus mm-hmm. on topics that are trending, um, that mm-hmm. are top of mind Yeah. and you can go in those directions as, as well. And Definitely. so I, I think it's multitasking and Katie, I think you're a perfect example of that. You're like the prototypical multitasker, um, getting into all sorts of different mediums and getting your name out there. And and I do believe strongly that that's the path to success these days, because there's so much noise out Mm -hmm. there being generated by so many people creating content. Now, how do you stand out? Well, you stand out by being everywhere (laughs) to say it, but um, a lot of podcast creators don't sleep very much. I mean, just go listen to to, um, Gary Vaynerchuk. He'll tell you the same thing. You got to to get in yeah all the way right yeah. you can't hold back you have to go all the way i loved one of his podcasts where it was like when i was like obsessively just like you know binging it i right. loved one of his podcasts he was walking down the street of new york city as a five-minute podcast there was 
taxi cabs. It was noisy. And it was like, right. it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be silent. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all about the content. It, he was like, yo, yo, yo. And he was just like balls out doing it. Excuse my language. But he was it's just like doing it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it doesn't, it's yeah. like raw and real. And it's like, it's right. like, that's the authenticity. Oh my God. Speaking of raw and real, you need, I mentioned it to you last week. You need to see Wayne on Amazon Prime. It was a YouTube thing. YouTube dropped it. Shame on them. <laughs> and Amazon picked it up. Season one. Oh my God. There's going to be a season two. I reached out to the creator and so ah uh Sean Simmons but yo it is it's just like so when you're a little girl or a, a person you know and then you're like you have your hypnosis and then you have your circumstances and then you have your bubbles and, mm-hmm. and blueprint of the world and you go out there and then you, you're taught about beauty and being proper and prim and like you're taught all these things and you have your 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 diamond in the rough like spirit about you and like all that you are and then like you know you get so polished and you're so like in a bubble especially you know being in Hollywood for over two decades you get into mm-hmm. this uh, stigma and this bubble and then like shapeshift to like get away from that illusion and kind of uh, recreate yourself right. but this TV show Wayne it's just like oh my god it just <laughs> it gives you that Rawr, you know it just gives you that like that right. raw thing because because the thing is like it's like there's like trashy Florida in there. I mean, obviously there's like cool, classy, whatever, like Florida, mm-hmm. different parts of Florida. But then there's like like there's like just like this like pun trash, like whatever thing about Florida or a certain kind of people. And then there's like this love and this true romance, and there's just so much abuse, and there's like so the circumstances of the kids are like poverty and they never had the chance and right. he keeps getting in trouble. It's like once you get into the system of the system of the system, you can't get out and it's like so hard mm-hmm. to get out of the system once you get into that like system of like being arrested or something like that right, it's like, so right. hard it's like this kid Wayne he like never has this chance and there's this like love and they're 15 and it's just like it, it's it so raw like, it sounds like just yeah. so raw and real right yeah it's just this like connection that they have and then it's like because right. then you go through life and you're like looking for a partner who has this or they're like this and you want this and then it's like these gateways and barriers and protection mechanisms we put up for ourselves to protect ourselves so we like we can like be a part of society it just it really like nails and like cracks it all down so um that's Mm -hmm. that's it's just that's i think it's just like raw you know and that that's an important thing to always like have that grit so yeah i feel like podcasting has that when you have your own ip and the intimacy of it i think Mm -hmm. gary v has that as well yeah oh yeah oh yeah he has a lot of grit I mean, mm-hmm. it's not always the most flattering um, experience, but it's, it's like you said, it's about the content. It's about the passion. It's about the commitment. And that that's what's interesting about what he does. I've seen him up on stage at, talking about podcasting, and he was talking to podcasting at an event that I was at, and it was the, the radio show. It was in Dallas. I think it was last year. And he was up on stage, and he was just ripping the, the radio industry, uh, you know, a new you know, rear end, right? He was just oh, saying, yeah. you guys got to um, change what you're doing or else you're going to be, you're going to die like the dinosaurs. He got up and says, I, I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't say that, but yeah, Gary can get away with that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that's, that's the message, right? Is, is you got to change, you got to adapt or you're going to die. You know, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the bigger yeah. message. Totally. Right? Totally. Um, I was at this world's event, this world's conference. Are you familiar with world's? 
Worlds with the Z. Uh, I think I've heard of it, but yeah, I haven't participated or anything. I'll, I'll tell you more about it. But um, okay. so um, he was the keynote there. And basically he got on stage and it was a 15 minute keynote. And he basically described what he does as, as a producer. He's just like, and he was like going at, it. he's like, I, he's like, I, before I got on the stage, I eat poop, I eat poop, I eat poop, I eat poop. But he was saying the four letter word. And he's like, I, and that's what I do. He's like, I put fires out. He's like, I take it, I take it. He's like, I put fires out and I take right. the poop, I take the poop. And he's like, <laughs> and that's what, that's what he was saying. And, yeah. and, and that's what he does. And he just ke- like keeps on going, you know? Right. So yeah. there's like doses of Gary V. So if you need that oomph, like he can definitely give you there. And I was like subscribing. And then I had to be like, okay, rotation, rotation. Yeah, I mean, he can be a little, little bit intimidating, um, you know, to, to think you have to be like that. But, uh, you know, I think if you really think about it, you know, I've been a content creator for a lot of my life now and, and it is really kind of gritty. It's, it's not a perfect thing. And there, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, digging, if you know what I'm saying in, um, in the weeds of doing things and it's never, gla- it's very rarely glamorous. <laughs> yeah. That's why I feel like everyone should definitely be on your radar and follow you right. and be a part of everything you're doing because you come with truth authenticity the connection to keep on the up and up and keep through the the positive line and it's cool like you're open to people like calling you or shooting you an email and you know like gifting them that advice and your experience for their journey it's it's like the the best golden key you can have in life you know i mean no one's going to do all the work for you but you can be like hey here's four options or here's two options you can be like you know well these are my thoughts on it from my experience from 1999 (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, and not everybody can do exactly like what I'm doing because I'm fortunate enough to have a company that backs me. Right. Um, But I think it, uh, I think we can all do it to some limited degree because we do have to look out for ourselves and we do have to, you know, try and make things work for ourselves to be able to pay our bills and to strive and get savings so we can have a healthy retirement, those kind of things. So I think that they're always important balances to strike in your life. And it's never, it's never an easy struggle, you know, and I think expecting it to be easy is, is uh, probably unrealistic and it's not going to be a smooth road either. There's going to be a lot of zigs and zags along the way. And it may seem like you're not getting there, but you really, you really are. You just got to keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so with everything that we just talked about, what are other responsibilities for being the VP of um, brand content partnerships? Like what else, what are other opportunities? What does that look like for you? It's really, at the end of the day, it's it, it's about expanding the company's connections to the industry, right? And to and to build those relationships, uh, the business relationships, frankly, that and drive value to podcasters. So at the end of the day, that's what I always, Always am thinking about so a lot of the podcasting that I, I do maps directly to what I'm thinking about all day long with my job that I have right it's mm-hmm. thinking about you know how can I partner or how can I we build something that makes things more efficient or more effective for our customers right which are podcasters so mm-hmm. um, those are the kind of things that I you know w- w- whether it's you know looking at potential companies to to you know to get in strategic relationships with or companies that just do a partnership with or just um, that I can talk about in my podcast too to 
to drive greater value or get involved in the podcast academy to drive value. And I've been pushing for a new podcast association in the industry beyond the podcast academy for a long time. And I think that there may be something brewing on that as well that can be more of an industry organization that can drive best practices to the industry across lots of different areas that need some consensus on um, how to do things. So we need to keep driving this this message around um, helping people get started, but get started in the right way and to have uh, a quality process to get started with their content that is more likely to create success. Because having a lot of turnover of podcasts uh, where people start and then fail or whatever, have a bad experience with it isn't good for the industry either. So um, so trying to minimize that as much as possible by making the industry itself much more efficient and much um, more able to share knowledge with new people too. Okay, thank you. And then speaking of the Podcast Academy that is mm-hmm. new here, So let's talk about, okay, for one, just before we got on, I was sharing with you, I was just happened to be on the Twitter and Hollywood Reporter uh, posted the podcast Academy and I was like, oh my God. And then I retweeted it and I added you and I did some hashtags about podcasting and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's you. You're the chairperson of the podcast Academy, like Hollywood reporters reporting this. This is like major, major, major. Hello. (laughs) So like, what do you have to say to that first? Well, I'm part of a team that's working over there on the Podcast Academy. So um, there's two um, staffers. Uh, there's an executive director of the Podcast Academy that's really doing the day-to-day work of that, that organization. I'm, I'm just the chairperson of the organization sure. that um, is a sounding board for the actual, um, like I say, the staff. Uh, and then there's a, a board of governors. Uh, there's currently 17 board of governors that that are currently um, accepted into the board that we meet on a monthly basis to talk about what we're doing with the um, with the podcast academy, and we're going to be taking on three new board of governors here very soon. Uh, and then we've got a podcast academy awards event that's coming up here March 28th. Uh, that's going to be based out of Los Angeles, so um, it's going to be a quasi uh, live stage event. Uh, that's going to be a virtual event. So we're going to have like a stage that we're going to do stuff on as part of the live virtual event. So that's the idea behind it. And we have a slate of um, shows that we're taking nominations for right now. So you can submit your show for consideration of the Podcast Academy Awards coming up here in March. You you can submit it right now. Oh, so Um, where do people apply if they want to submit their show? uh, Just go to thepodcastacademy.com and you can join the Academy as well. We have a full membership um, organization there as well. Um, So you can join as a podcaster or as somebody that works in the industry um, from a creation standpoint from, you know, in front of the mic to behind the mic, right? So let's say you're an ad salesperson or you're a producer or you're an editor of podcasts, you can join the organization and um, be a part of selecting the winners um, and selecting the the officers. Um, I'm gonna, my position is going to be replaced here in January. So the the membership is going to vote in the, um, the, the new board of governors at some point here, as well as the officers. So, you know, it's going to be, I was kind of appointed internally just as a, as kind of like the founding group to get this thing off the ground, but it was 
fundamentally going to be a membership organization um, that was going to drive everything in the organization. And there's mentorships that can be obtained. So um, you join and you can get matched up with another professional in the industry to, to share knowledge. Um, there's um, member-only webinars that you can participate in from some of the, the real high-end experts in the podcasting industry that is provided to members as, as well. It's a, it costs, costs about $100 a year to join the, the organization. Great. Great. Yeah. And then when people submit, um, when's the cutoff deadline? I think we're cutting it off in, um, I think it's the end of December. So I can't remember what the date is off the top of my head right now. But it says on the website, if you go to um, go to thepodcastacademy.com and go to the, um, the awards tab at the top, it, it'll give you all the dates and everything in there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be something that is hopefully the awards, kind, kind of like what you think of with film with the Academy Awards, right? So that's the idea behind it. So there, how many different categories are there going to be? We have roughly? 20, I, I believe it's 24 categories mm -hmm. right now. So, mm -hmm. and that's also on the website too. So you can wow. go, go see all the categories. Oh, and, I'm going to definitely look at that. Yeah. So yeah. there could be like best new breakout podcast. Like they have it like yeah, the like music top host, and stuff. Top host, best podcast uh -huh. of the year. Oh. Best you know. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Best host is what it is. Yeah. I don't oh, think okay. we have best about, voice per se, but is there yeah. like best co-host? Cause there's people who do like co-hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so like, cool. That's so cool. Like supporting cast kind of like thing. Like no. comedy, drama. Right. Exactly. All of the things all that the different you, mental health, right. all the different categories. Right. Right. And, but there's also categories too, around production too. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. Editing, you know, so as you think about film production, we oh, tried yeah. to draw a correlation to drive awards to people that are not necessarily in front of the mic, but you know, behind the mic doing stuff too. That's, important to quality. Of course. Right. Of course. And um, who was the brainchild of creating the Podcast Academy? Uh, I was Hernan Lopez, who's the CEO of Wondery. Um, he's from the the TV and film industry in Hollywood, um, worked for Fox uh, for many, many years. Um, and so he, he had the idea. He's the CEO of Wondery, which is creating a lot of terrific um, scripted podcasts, um, storytelling, more reality-based storytelling podcasts that are, a lot of them are being converted into television series as well. Um, that's actually, it's currently up for sale right now. So it may be purchased by either, who knows, Apple or Sony may wind up buying Wondery at some point. But mm -hmm. yeah, so Hernan was the really the one that really started the whole thing. Wow. Um, like about a year ago. So, so cool. So yeah. cool. So the people who are listening to this right now, you're like, you're getting the inside scoop of like the, the brainchild of like the inside scoop of like something that's going to like be massive. That's so cool. It's like, it's like being in the, in the brainchild of the birth of like the Academy Awards or, right. you know, something. Right. like that oh this yeah. is so exciting what an exciting yeah. time to be alive and just to right. be like in it i just and i'm gonna circle right. back around because imagine if i would have started six years ago <laughs> that's right you'd be like this huge podcaster right who knows right. who knows but i'm right. here now i'm here now and with all that ammunition and oomph i'm just gonna like blast through that's you know? right with all that with all Energy. that ambition Right. Okay. So um, there's also something called the Podcast Hall of Fame, and you have been inducted into the Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah, that was put on by the podcast movement 
folks uh, that oh. started in 2015. Um, they started they started out in 2015 with their own awards too. It was the Academy of Podcasters um, Awards and then um, Hall of Fame. So they started inducting. I think they've inducted like 15, 16 people so far. I think into the Hall of Fame. Um, it they haven't done it the last couple of years for a variety of reasons, mm. but um, this next year. Um, they're going to bring it back. Um, so, and, and that's, um, that's going to happen in Nashville, um, coming up in, um, in 2021. So well, I you, hope I'm there. Yeah. So if you want to go to that, um, uh, you can just go to podcastmovement.com and, um, sign up for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Podcast movement was amazing. A 10 day conference. It was just like nonstop. Yeah. Their, their virtual event was, was very, very good. That's for yeah. sure. But yeah. you haven't been to one of their in-person events yet. Not yet. No, yeah. no, okay. no. Cause it's been going on since 2014. So this was right. my first conference. And honestly, because of the COVID and the pandemic of what's happening, I've attended so many podcasts or so many podcasts I've attended so many virtual right so many virtual conferences this year and it's like if I wouldn't have been involved in so many conferences if it weren't for this pandemic but I mean now that I know about it I definitely you know would like to you know obviously be there every single time if I'm able to Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. definitely oh it's it's definitely worth it I think this next year is going to be really interesting because it's going to be a little bit more of a hybrid event it's going to be a little Mm -hmm. bit of a little bit more virtual than it was the last time they had it last year um, down in down in Orlando. But even last year, they did have a live stage that was, you know, I did my new media show off of the live stage um, at cool. the last podcast movement um, down in Orlando. And and so they've always had kind of, I mean, not always, but the last couple of years that they, they've had a live stage where they've had sessions that were available live streamed. Um, mm-hmm. online. So people that couldn't actually attend in person could still uh, experience some of the event. But I think this next year, it's going to be a, a hybrid. So you're going to have people that are going to be there in person. Plus, you're going to have a lot of people attending virtually all, all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. totally shape-shifted our whole entire world. Like world, when Gary Vee was the keynote, um, Kelly Slater, he got some kind of an award or something like that. But he had an injury. He was in Hawaii and he couldn't show up. So they just put him on the big screen and then he talked for like five to seven minutes so it was like it was the same kind of thing like we there were thousands of people in the room like watching him on the screen and it was i don't know i think it was a pre-recorded i don't think it was live i think it was pre-recorded so okay so with with being inducted to the podcast hall of fame because this is so major did you get a gold award a plaque like what did you receive a pendant what is yeah i got a it's actually right there it's hard to see it because it's transparent it's 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 behind the uh light or right in front of the the light behind me so right in front of the light wait not that big painting no 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 it's it's hard to see it because it's clear oh it's clear it's clear okay so So we went yeah so here i can grab it there it is oh my god oh wow wow hall of fame hall of fame wait it says wait i thought it was 217 it looks like that says 207 217 is when i oh um, yeah it was 2017 yeah Yeah, okay i thought it said um 2007 (laughs) yeah yeah, so wow. that's the Hall of Fame. Rob Greenley. Yeah, I added this gold, little ribbon here. On it. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> and then how many people are inducted every year? Uh, what they were doing was about, I think, about six or six or six or something like that. Um, and how many people are in it now? Around? I think. I think sixteen, seventeen. Right. That's not right. A now. lot. Oh my god. Well, the, well, they've only done it. They did it fifteen, sixteen. 
17 and 18. That's it. God, I'm going to have to like really think about how I'm going to title this podcast because it's like Podcast Hall of Fame. It's like the podcast. Just the state of podcasting. Just call it the state of podcasting. Is that a good thing? Well, is that that a good title for the SEO? That's all right. I I think we've we've talked a lot about podcasting in a lot of different ways. So, podcasting. Because that's what I want to talk to you about next. Like, um, because you're hip on the SEO. So, how do you know how to label your podcast? smartly so it shows up in the SEO rankings? Well, I think you just have to think about the keywords um, of the topics that you had in your podcast. I mean, it needs to be consistent with what you're talking about in your podcast. So I would just use the best words to describe what you're talking about. And hopefully when you came up with the show topics, um, you you maybe had a little bit of thought about what what topics you would want to cover and how that maps to popularity of certain keywords, right? Of what people are thinking about um, currently today. I know in the early days of the medium, people were, were all fascinated about sponsored links and Google and keyword phrases and how popular certain keyword phrases were and things like that. And then taking that information and saying, well, I'm going to make a podcast just about that keyword phrase, right? right. Because I know 10,000 people a day are searching for you vegan know, green juice. Vegan, yeah, exactly. Vegan. And I'm going to do Keto. an episode based on <laughs> vegan green juice. Yeah. Right? So, you know, and I think there's still a place for doing something like that if you want to, but it's not a very targeted way of doing your show, right? So, so think about what kind of show you want to make and then just make sure that the words that you're using um, have the as best context to what you're talking about and map best to um, what people are searching for in um, in Google. And one, one way that you can do that, there's websites out there, keywordseverywhere.com, I yeah. think is one mm-hmm. um, that you can go to to find out what people are searching for and how many, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a subscription thing that you have to pay for, but but platforms but like that can ver- help you. There's a free version as well by installing right. the Chrome. I have the free version of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it was you that told me about it, I think. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I did. I did share yeah. with you, but you, maybe you already knew about it. No, no, no. I think I, I think I shared it back to you. Okay. Well, I have another one I have to share to you, but I don't even have it like on me, on my brain right now, but it's, it's something with an A it's like awesome. I don't know. It's something really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to share it with you. Awesome or something. It's another one that I'm going to, it's in my files that I'm going to share with you, which I haven't used much yet, but it's, it's like, it's like, it's like a keywords everywhere. Put it in the show notes of the episode. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then so kind of full circling around here, we went from like beginning podcaster 101 through the arc of legendary podcasting Hall of Fame with the plaque and the Academy Awards. Like, I mean, this right. is this is a major arc here. <laughs> right. So where do we go from here? Right. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, oh, I all have downhill idea. from here. It's all downhill. I have a, well, I have an idea. <laughs> OK. One. Just its quirky thing. What's your favorite color? I think right now it's probably a, a, a gray. I love that right now, gray. I love wearing, I think it's so sophisticated. Or a gray. platinum, platinum. Platinum? There you go. Platinum, platinum? gray. Platinum, right. dope. Platinum. That's more valuable and it's a little richer color. It's not just flat gray like this shirt is, right? I need a, I need to get some more color. platinum clothes. I've been wearing like gray on gray on gray, like gray socks, gray sweats, gray, like gray. Yeah, I have too. Gray. I, I mean, my car is platinum. The interior of the vehicle is black. I, I have a bunch of gray in the interior and it seems like all my clothes are either black or gray. Black or gray. Right. Cool. Rock star. There you go. I don't okay. know why. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing I was wondering, um, so, 
Okay. I mean, I guess we'll stick for I'll, um. I guess we'll stick on the podcasting note for a second. But w- what's um uh, a podcast? Maybe you're listening to right now, or something that you've liked in the past, and you're like, oh, that's a cool podcast. Hmm. Or something that you it could just be so disassociated with tech or learning podcast. Just something maybe you like for pleasure, or something hmm. a voice, or something you find entertaining. I will go. Besides, she's all over the place. I mean, obviously. Well, besides that one, of course. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's your number one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on a lot of different podcasts. So it's, it's, I always like the ones that I've been on, right? So, I'm, you know, I listen to those a lot because I'm on like two or three different podcasts a week. So, um, I do like the the Sound Cartels Podcasting Essentials podcast out of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a podcast about podcasting. I'm I'm very meta in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also like uh, uh, let's see Podcasters Roundtable, which is another one uh, a podcast about podcasting. So yeah, and I also like the the Beetle Moment Marketing podcast um, with Emily Binder. She she talks a lot about. Um, how um, these smart speakers, you know, like the Google Home and the Alexa thing, I won't say uh-huh. that very loud, um, are changing audio discovery. Cool. So, yeah, so that's cool. a good one. And um, what's another one here? Yeah, I've learned not to put my episode titles in the beginning because for the audio Alexa and stuff, it's not good to put it in the beginning. I was putting it at the end and then I found out through podcast movement, just don't put episode episode numbers or in the title, right. title at all. That's like a big no-no. Yeah, and I also like the podcast Talk Tales and Trivia too. It's good. Oh. It's a show that talks about various stories and history and then also just about trivia things. Um in various topics too. So it's, it's interesting. So what's one of your favorite movies? I think the one that I was the most impactful in my life is, uh, was, um, was it the 2001 space odyssey? Mm-hmm. Who's the director on that one? Um, that one was, uh, um, it's very early. Um, what's it, what was his name? Um, I should okay. remember this. We don't have to find it. It's okay. But I, it was. I need, uh, I need to go. I need to watch it. I know it's like a famous movie, so I need to. Yeah, it to is. It. I enjoyed Blazing Saddles too. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that one or not. Blazing Saddles. That, I've heard of that it. That one I need was to go a see comedy. Uh, space. Have you seen Amadeus with Milos Forman? I have not yet. Okay. Oh, so then- oh okay. Okay, it was written the the 2001 Space Odyssey was written by Arthur C. Clarke, mm-hmm. and I believe was directed. Um, was it Stanley Kubrick? Stanley I Kubrick. Right, right. Yeah, it I was a 1968 epic science fiction film. Cool. So it was really a groundbreaking film. It really had an impact on me. And then obviously Star Wars, which was back in the 80s. Okay, I'm going to share a secret with you. I've, I just during the pandemic, I saw four, five, and six. I haven't seen one, two, and three yet. Oh, Star of Wars. the of Star Wars, right? Yeah. And then yeah. my dad's all about the Mandalorian, so he showed me what was up about Mandalorian. So I watched an episode with him the other day, and it's so cool being a voiceover artist now because, like, I'm like, oh, like you know, so I can learn about the whole mm-hmm. the animation Star Wars thing that they did. Yeah, that I didn't even see yet. I need to watch all those. Right, I'm just trying to catch up because I have a I have a 12 year old nephew, so. He's like catching up so they can be on par with one another. <laughs> and now that Disney owns that series, they're, yeah. they're just investing buckets full of money into it to come up with new content. It's so. been so cozy during this pandemic, just like watching these Disney Plus shows, you know? 
Yeah. We got Mrs. Banks, the story of Dr. Doolittle and all these little heartfelt, warm movies. It's been really nice to get cozy and kind of Mm -hmm. just do normal things, like just like watch some shows. I've just been so busy traveling the world for the last two decades. I It's a good time to get caught up on some stuff. So I'm going to watch the 2000 Space um, Odyssey tonight. Wow. Okay. You're going to do it. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to watch The Blazing Saddles. <laughs> you get a good kick out of that one. Um, so have you ever done stand-up comedy yourself? I tried it years ago. And then um, I was I was like, oh, I don't want to learn this stupid format of like set up punchline tag, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I'm not memorizing like these jokes and then i like so i like revolted against it and then um and then i went on my life blah 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 and then about a year ago because i became um not emotionally attached to my previous you know um life you Mm -hmm. know we like shed skin and since i became detached because i was so emotionally detached because i saw these stand-up people they were like talking about their real life and i was um like public persona being perfect so worried about what other people thought about me so i would never be vulnerable like i mean seriously i've i've i left home at the end of 2001 and i've had two people here one night did not invite my dad invited my ex-boyfriend my dad did oh (laughs) in 2007 and then i i brought one person here because i was just so like protective of my family that Mm -hmm. like i just i would i'm just a very like private person even though i seem i'm personable but i'm very and i'm open and but i'm i'm very private in a lot of ways anyway but i'm like now that like i'm not that anymore and i kind of know who I am. I gave it a whirl in New York City and I was going around to the open mics and I was doing some stand-up and mm-hmm. I took a class on stand-up October. What, what month are we? Right now. It was my birthday gift to myself. I was in a six-week stand-up comedy class. I had a, a, a student performance with Isolde, who I introduced you to, who has the innovative mindset, mm-hmm. who got mm-hmm. me on the train track of my podcast on October 29th. Yeah! One year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so then I created the Sophisticated Psychos Experience variety show and it was hosted at the pit and I'm a traveler so I would do it once a month show an 86 person theater beautiful theater our third show there was line and half the people I didn't even know like on the second show there was just like a buzz and third show was like booming and then the COVID happened so it all went down but I was it was like a Carol Burnett modern day variety show and I was the host Mm -hmm. and I did I did a stand up bit but Isolde came on she played the fiddle I had some stand up people in my class come on Uh, My friend, Joey Williams, he's in the Blind Boys of Alabama. He has a Lifetime Achievement Award. He was like the youngest one to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, I had him on the podcast, if the viewers want to go back and listen to that episode. But legendary, like gospel soul, the Blind Boys of Alabama, like Grammy Award winning artist, like performs with Prince, tours around the world. Like he was in my show. Um, Yeah, so I honored people um, who did improv, um, stand up, music. Nikki Scorpio, who I connected you with, he did some Mm -hmm. songs. Uh, we we've done some songs together so we performed a song I would do a stand-up bit and so I had this thing going and the pit said the whole thing was like we give you a platform to get it going then you get it you get the buzz going you have it sold out so you have to go to a bigger venue industry people were coming managers were coming wow. so so yeah I started doing the stand-up and then this happened and then I was going to um do like an online kind of thing and I'm like let me just focus on my podcast and like right. just sit on the back burner let's see what happens 
happens with the way of the world. And then Mm -hmm. I just reflected a few weeks ago that in the new year, what I'll do on a Zoom is I'll have it pre-recorded and I'll do a one once a month show on the Sophisticated Psychos platform and give, since I'm a producer, improv actors and people who perform opportunities to be on the show, even podcasters. And they do like a cool, like short, wow. like three to five, everyone has five minutes and they do a segment. So like, I'm going to have you on if you'll come on mm-hmm. and like, you can be like, and then like and like you do your thing and it can be comical and you just give some like in, in factual insightful information or whatever you want and it'll be a part of the variety show and it'll be oh. uh, pre-recorded yeah so okay. and i think since so, so i think i'll do that in the new future but that's a long-winded answer but why are you asking i was just thinking of you i saw the series the marvelous mrs miss Maisel, oh. and I, I was thinking of you because you remind me of of her that's the best compliment ever. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friends, not a bunch, but a couple. They're like, you're like the real life Mrs. Right. Mitchell, right. right. Upper you West are. Side, like yeah. the whole like look, like everything. Yep. Like, yeah. So yep. it's that's a huge, huge compliment. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for saying that. That's yeah. like beyond mind blown here. Well, get up there and do your do your stand up deal and you'll reach your dreams, right? Is that how the yeah. how the story goes? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, I, I haven't watched the, is there a third season? I haven't even watched that yet. If it's I don't now. know. I don't know. I haven't there looked is. here recently. Yeah. I need to marathon it, but first I have the other two. Okay. Lastly, because wow. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah. I would like to know, it doesn't have to do with podcasting or Kim. If there's a book you recommend something mm. that helps you along your journey in life, maybe someone, a mentor, someone shared with you that enriched your life and gave you aspirations and kind of like, for me, it's like the four agreements, right? And so a book for you that really kind of shape-shifted your life or that you've maybe even read a couple times that you want to recommend to the viewers. I have to be frank about it. I don't, I don't really read very many books. So I'm, I'm kind of like living in the, in the virtual world. So I'm not mm-hmm. really reading that many books. So, but I, I do have, you know, there was a, a book put out by my, my colleague at Lipson. His name is Dave Jackson. And he put out a, a book re- recently, How to Profit from Podcasting. It's in my bookshelf back here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if there, there's book resources out there that you can get to, you know, especially if it's a fairly new book, right, that's come out about podcasting, that can help you uh, learn about the medium as well and learn about the culture and learn about ways that you can, you can potentially, you know, make an income from doing podcasting. It's, it's not necessarily easy to do, but it's something that's open to anybody, depending on their level of commitment and talent and all the things that we've talked about on this show can yeah. be translated into a career for yourself or can, so yeah, so it's, it, it's currently in Amazon. It's uh, how to profit from podcasting. So right? do you know if there's a um, audible version of that as well? Uh, I don't believe that Dave's done a uh, audio version of it. No, I'm really big into audiobooks. Yeah, no, I think that's great too. And actually audible just got into podcasting too. You can go oh, to really? audible and, and access all of the podcasts or actually many of the podcasts, it's the catalog is going to continue to grow. That's linked up with the Amazon music platform now. Okay. So uh, my podcast, I put my, my feed, the RSS feed with Amazon music. It's live there. Should I do that with audible as well? Then that's no, an opportunity. It, it's the same catalog. So you're probably okay. already there. Oh. So you're all, already probably, if you go into the, um, the audible search, you can probably search for your podcast right oh, now. Oh, That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And then lastly, um, so are you familiar with Overdrive? Overdrive. Hmm. 
not sure. Okay, so I'll send it to you, but um, there's Overdrive app, Hoopla app, and Freegal app. It's all Freegal, like free legal. Hoopla mm-hmm. and Overdrive, and it's all through the um, public library. So you put your, you sign in, you buy your, putting your whatever library you're associated with, the last four digits of your cell phone or whatever mm-hmm. your number mm-hmm. is associated with. You can download up to 30 audiobooks for free every single month. So if, you, if you're interested oh. in a book, but you just don't have time to read all these books, which I love having a book in my hand, but I'm more in the audio digital space as well. Right. But I like to be a sponge and like get the information. You can download up to 30 audiobooks per month and, oh. and get into some books maybe you want to listen to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's always been a fair amount of audiobooks in the podcasting space too. So mm-hmm. there's there's complete novels, there's been sci-fi stories, there's there's a lot of fictional stuff too that have been told in a serial format as well that are very similar to audiobooks that maybe they have maybe more sound production. I do think that a lot of the newer audiobooks are getting more into sound production with their with their audiobooks as well. So you're seeing this kind of this hybrid world between um, audio dramas and audiobooks kind of coming together a little bit. Um, and I think we're, we're going to see that happen more. So there are free audiobooks um, that are available through podcasts as well. So yeah. kind of add add to what you just shared. Right, right. right. That's cool. Uh, and then another thing I was just thinking about is, um, I forget the series name. I would have to look it up. But it's scripted series. So it's these voiceover actors who are doing scripted series on podcasts. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does that have to be through the union? Do you need to be a union actor to do a scripted series on podcasts? Uh, I don't believe you have to be. Um, it's not that restricted yet. Um, but I do know that SAG performers are being contracted for many of the the audio dramas that are being created these days for yeah. podcasts. Right. I've auditioned for a bunch. So right. what is the percentage? I don't really know off the top of my head how many shows are currently there that are um, scripted. That, that are scripted at this point. I don't have a number that I can I can access. But I do know that it's a growing area and I do know that there's a lot more interest out of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and well, and actually beyond Los Angeles, it's not just Los Angeles anymore that these pieces of content are coming out of. They're coming out from all over the world um, in other cities in, in Canada and other places as well. So I do think that there it's a growing area and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I do. There's been some struggle in the area of fictional content in podcasting. If you look at the history of podcasting generally, it's been built on reality based stories. So the fictional side has been a little bit, it's been a little harder harder for a lot of companies to to promote. Um, no, really? Yeah, but it's, I do believe that there's still pioneering uh, going on in the fictional side um, that's happening at places like Wondery and and others, um, other studios down in Los Angeles that are trying to pioneer this stuff. Um, but a lot of the stuff, if you really think back on it, a lot of the stuff that's come out um, as television series out of podcasts have been um, true crime stories um, that have been yeah. reality-based stories. Right. Um, which tend to, I don't know what what it is, people just, you know, it's the authenticity thing, right? That is so, so much of a fabric of podcasting. Um, That fictional, you know, it's a little bit like what iHeartRadio did with uh, their, uh, the movie character. um, Boy, I should have started, remembered this before I started down this path, but um, there was a a movie that was done. um, Oh, I'm just trying to blank on the name of it right now. um, That, that they did, they created a, a, a podcast around that was, like a um, right, mm-hmm. and they created a podcast around a fictional character. 
And the actual actor that portrayed that character was actually a, a very famous comedian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the question that was around it was, would, would that podcast be better um, as a, if it was just a podcast by that comedian? Or was it better to have a podcast done by a, that famous comedian playing a like a movie role right. in that podcast, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that that's one of the tensions in this medium that's um Yeah. That's that I don't know that we have the answer to yet if if a fictional character is gonna get the same traction um mm-hmm. as a real character. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I would love to have you back on in the near future. It's 2020 right now. So how about in 2021? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully and- we'll be out of this pandemic thing a, a little bit more by, by spring and then into summer and and things will be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Many blessings on that. Many yeah. blessings on that. Any last words um, that you want to share with the viewers? No, I just appreciate being on your show. And I know we've talked about a lot of topics on this. It's going to be a long episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it and was then- fun. Um, just I'll put it in the show notes, but real quick, uh, best way to get in contact with you, LinkedIn, you mentioned Rob Greenlee. Yeah, um, on on Twitter as well, at uh, Rob Greenlee, and that's with four E's. Um, and then you're certainly welcome to go to my website, robgreenlee.com. I'm on, on LinkedIn under Rob Greenlee as well. Um, so you can find me over there. You can also send me an email if you want to, robg at lipson.com, and that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. So I'd be happy to talk to you if you want to you wanna start a podcast. I'd love to help you. Cool. You heard it here. And everyone reach out to Rob. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us on She's All Over the Place. And uh, yeah. Well, I think we we lived up to the the brand of your show today. We were all over the place. All over the place, right? That that was good. And you were all over the place too. So it kind of makes sense. It It does. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.